Hello friends, I'm back in your ear. I'm just laying on my bed right now. I'm going to just talk about uh, kind of where we left off with uh, Rudy. But before that, I need to thank my mom and my friend Katie. Katie left a review on iTunes. Uh, much appreciated. Every, re every review helps uh, the podcast reach more people. And uh, that will be super important once we get past uh, my personal story here and what I've learned throughout the journey. But and I also have to thank uh, my mom. She uh, bought me a cup of coffee every month, uh, $3.99, in support of the podcast. It's funny how the woman that uh, caused so much pain in my life at some point is now my biggest fan. It's kind of it's weird how life goes full circle like that, and uh, me and my mom have an awesome relationship now, uh, and I realize that you know people are human, and being a human is not the easiest situation, and everyone has their dark side and things you're not proud of, but uh, keep that in mind whenever I tell a story about my mom in my childhood and mistakes that you know she's made and I've made and stuff like that and if you want to buy me a cup of coffee in support of the podcast to keep this thing rolling go to the artofgrowth.com and there'll be a link on there that says buy Mike a cup of coffee $3.99 you probably won't even notice it's gone every month and it helps uh, it helps it helps us move forward a lot okay so anyway Rudy, right? This this old black man named Rudy. We're living with him in a, a spare bedroom. I remember that. And one thing I remember is one night we did not sleep in the bedroom uh, because there was a loud argument in the fields. It was like this ab abandoned lot uh, behind the apartment complex. And for some reason we slept we slept in the living room. I don't know why. Maybe random. But there ended up being a big gang fight in that in that lot, and a bullet went flying right through. Right through our, our wall, and it happened to be lined up exactly, the same level, as our bed. So, we literally dodged a bullet somehow. But so, Rudy helped us out. Uh, we lived we lived in a spare bedroom, from what I remember. Then this guy was. An old, laid-back, tender soul. Uh, I remember, like, the L.A. riots going on, and we're in Phoenix, so I just remember the all the the craziness going on, and he's like, and he was telling me that there's no there's no difference, you know, uh, between white people, black people, Mexican people. There's there's crazy people, there's loving people, and uh, and they come in all colors. So that was a, a cool lesson I learned as a a young kid. Well, I learned it way before that, but uh, this guy was just reinforcing it. And it turns out that Rudy actually really helped my mom out later in life, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But so for some reason, we leave. We're out of Rudy's place. We're running around, living in the van. My mom's drug addiction is at a all-time high, and the I remember the moment that it really started going downhill.
because we're driving on Van Buren Street or Avenue in Phoenix, pretty rough street, and all of a sudden my mom stops at the corner and says, Hey, D, D, Detroit. There was this guy named Detroit. His nickname was Detroit, obviously. I don't know his real name. Uh, but this is the guy that really controlled my mom the first time we were in Arizona. And um, for some reason, she was looking for this guy. And, you know, unfortunately, he was a, he was a, a pimp. He was a pimp. And you know, sometimes I get a little uncomfortable talking about this stuff, but it was a reality. He was an abusive pimp. Yeah, just an abusive dude, uh, well-connected in the drug game. And for some reason, he'd always come around and fuck up everything, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but I knew this was going to turn out bad because... She was hanging out with him when uh, the first little stint went down before we moved back uh, to Arizona for the second time. And I remember um, all kinds of stuff that I'm kind of uncomfortable talking about, but I think it's important. Uh, So I remember we were living in the van, and we'd always stop you know, at certain places to pick up, you know, I'm pretty sure it was crack at that point. And, um, and every time that they would smoke, they, they wouldn't know that I knew what was going on. Right. They'd like, they, we'd sometimes we'd go to a park and, uh, my mom would be like, my mom knew I liked sports. So she'd be like, Hey, you want to go play basketball? You know, go play basketball, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I would stand behind the I would stand behind the van and watch them, you know, smoke smoke their drugs. And, you know, for some reason that's burnt in my mind a lot because, you know, drugs are funny. When people are on, you know, especially crack, they're, they're super nice. They're super nice people. They're super loving. Uh, especially my mom, right? Just naturally uh, a loving person with a <laughs> a little bit of a crazy side, but overall she's very loving. And, you know, when she gets high with that stuff, she's very loving and calm. And it, it's very uh, surreal because I've seen the other side, right? When she's coming down, you know, that's when uh, all shit hits the fan. And so I remember we'd always play basketball and me and Phil. And I remember I was so weak and so scrawny that I could never, it was hard for me to shoot a full-size basketball into a 10-foot hoop. But uh, in Arizona, they had these chains for nets. There's no nets. Like in Minnesota, you can't find a chain anywhere. It's just all nets. I guess the deeper you're in the hood, the more <laughs> the more nets they go through. So there's, the city just puts puts chains on them. And there's something about that chain, that that chain sound when you when you make a basket, that you know, I don't know, just brings back memories. Maybe it, uh, next time I go to Arizona, I'll shoot around just to hear that noise again. So, 
Yeah, we're living all over the place in this van. Basically, wherever we can get a couple, a couple bucks, uh, you know, to survive. And we'd we'd cook meals in the van. We'd take this electric frying pan, and uh, we'd hook it, we'd take an extension cord, run it out, run it out the window, plug it into like the outlets at gas stations and stuff. And we'd literally cook like macaroni and cheese, hot dogs. You know, ramen noodles right in the van, in the frying pan, in the middle of the night. Uh, I remember sometimes the cops would come around, and be like, "Hey, uh, what are you guys doing?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, we're just cooking dinner." <laughs> and uh, I don't know, a lot of a lot of memories in that van. I remember hearing a lot of arguments between uh, Detroit and my mom, as they think I'm sleeping in the back, but really. Uh, I'm not sleeping at all. I'm just listening to every word to see, uh, to make sure that everything's fine. And you know that that uh, that lifestyle affected me for a long time as an adult. Literally, I could have a a watch with an alarm on it. You know, really silent, like really small, quiet alarm, and it could be all the way across the house and it would wake me up when it goes off it, I remember it was my Uncle Jeff's alarm on his watch it would go off and I could I could hear it all the way from the basement and I would wake up like very light sleep because at this you know as a young kid you're just trying to stay safe and you're around all these freaking crack dealers and pimps and um, it just does something to your ability to sleep deep uh, thank God that's changed now, and I, <laughs> I have a very stable life. I sleep, so good sleep is not a problem now, but it was for a long time. Uh, so I remember, <clears throat> you know, and this guy in Detroit would pop in and out of our lives, uh, back and forth. I guess whenever he felt like it or whatever. But uh, I remember when we were uptight for money, Detroit would like demand that we go to the truck stops, like we're going to the truck stop, blah blah blah. He wouldn't call it the truck stop or whatever, but I remember we'd go to where all the semis were. And my Detroit, for some reason, I was always confused because this guy Detroit would be like, okay, go. And he would sit in the passenger seat, and my mom would go help the truckers move, move, their, move their cargo around and unload the trucks. And I, not knowing at the time... Uh, would be like, no, this makes no sense at all. This, this freaking buffed up black dude isn't helping the truckers move any of their shit around, but my little tiny mom is out there uh, moving stuff. Hmm, I knew something was off, but I didn't know exactly at the time. Obviously, I know what was going on back in those days. Uh, as an adult, when she'd come back with 50 bucks, you know, 15 minutes later, or whatever the case is, and I know exactly what Detroit was doing when he was um, making her do that. But uh, anyways, that was just part of the game, right? Part of the normal routine. If it wasn't there, we'd find a different place to go and... He would make sure that my mom comes back and, you know, in a way, I guess, uh, I should be grateful in a weird way that he was there 
making sure nothing went down crazy. So, I don't know. Uncomfortable talking about this shit, but it is what it is. And, you know, so we're living in the van, rolling all over the place. You know, everything is unstable. um, And shit is just crazy all the time. All the time it's just people partying. You know, three, four people uh, in the van you know we got Detroit we got his his buddies uh we got my mom and we got me and Phil always in the back back of the van just mind our own business and uh, so it comes f- full circle where my stepdad told me I'm the man of the house right and I remember this one time uh Detroit was slapping my mom and like trying to force her to do something and I had tried to intervene, right? I'm like, stop it, stop it. And he would just push me out of the way. He just pushed me down. Mind your own fucking business, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I remember feeling helpless at that point. You know, I'm supposed to be the man of the house. Just felt completely helpless because I'm a little kid and I can't do shit about these people touching my mom and abusing her and doing whatever they want. And uh, that, you know, that really affected me later in life when I became a man, because anytime I'd see a woman being abused or being disrespected by a man, I'd fucking lose my temper and I couldn't can't mind my own business. And um, you know, I I still struggle with that. It's just one of those things that might always be with me. I can't mind my own business if people are. Uh, especially if a man is being abusive to a woman in my presence, I fucking go batshit crazy. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, this goes on for for what I remember the whole summer, and at some point we we lose the van, or my mom, you know, disappears in the van, and. Uh, from all I remember is all that kind of all that part of life kind of blurs together and I just remember <laughs> I just remember for some reason I remember all kinds of songs uh yeah OPP yeah you know me <laughs> I think that was one of the famous songs back in the day uh yeah I don't know just crazy life but I, I, a life changing moment is about to happen I don't know it but uh, my mom disappears for a little bit, and I'm worried about her. And I end up meeting this homeless man that changes my life forever. But we're gonna we'll do we'll cover that next time. Uh, if you've been following me for a while, you kind of know this story. But it's um, at the time it seemed like nothing. I was only you know 10 or 11 years old. Uh, but when I was 24, it came back. I came back around this moment with this homeless man and changed my life. So uh, stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, and we're going to go over that next time. Uh, My mom is not around. I'm hanging out with some old weird dude, and we decide to leave for a little bit and try to make it on our own. Uh, Hey, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to say anything to me, we're changing it up a little bit. We're going to use the hashtag MyFriendMike. So when you talk to me, use the hashtag MyFriendMike. 
and when I when I post something, I'll use my my hashtag hashtag your friend Mike. And uh, if you have anything to say, go ahead and use that hashtag, and I'll I'll like the post and let you know that I'm I'm watching. All right, off to the gym. Have a good day, guys.